Tuesday, February 12th, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every weekday, and we talk sports with a dose of common sense. Try to bring you something a little bit different than you're getting anywhere else. We are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Tuesday to you. We have now survived our Monday. You know, we talk a lot here on the Daily Dose about how certain teams just seem to be snake bitten. I don't know what it is, but a lot of times you can actually trace it back to one specific event. And one of the teams that we discuss here on the Daily Dose are those San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers. Doesn't it always seem like even when they are the most talented team, they just tend to lose big games. I don't know why that is. It just is. And we saw that again this season. When you looked at those Chargers lined up across from the New England Patriots in the playoff game, you said, hey, the Chargers look like the more talented team. And yet, that's not how that turned out at all, is it? Now, if you ever wonder why it happens, again, sometimes you can trace it back to one specific event, and the Chargers are no different. Because on this day, back on February 12th, In 2007, the Chargers abruptly fire their head coach, Marty Schottenheimer, who had just led his team to a 13-3 and record. But the Chargers said, due to a lack of playoff success and a strained relationship with ownership, we have to let Marty go. Now, I don't fully understand how the sports gods work, but I absolutely believe in the sports gods. Because there are sports gods out there that say, if you do certain things that go against the nature of what you should be doing, then we're going to punish you for it. And firing Marty Schottenheimer, who went 13-3 and because you thought there would be something better out there, that comes back to bite you again and again. And the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers have been paying for that decision to fire Marty Schottenheimer on this day ever since. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show and maybe tell us your favorite doomed franchise of all time, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com or find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosports. Doesn't have to be snake-bitten franchises. Maybe you've got a comment. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you have a suggestion for us here at The Dose. Reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Also, make sure you stop by tpublic.com, search Daily Dose, Scroll down until you see our logo, and there you can find a number of Daily Dose items. We have t-shirts, we have hoodies, we have coffee mugs, we have laptop cases, a number of things over at tpublic.com for the Daily Dose listener in your life, so make sure that you swing by there. Hey, today on the show, we do have a few breaking news items that we need to cover. But then, you know, this week, I know that the NFL is over. I get that. But... We still have a few items that we need to kind of recap. Got a few things that we want to talk about NFL-wise this week on the Daily Dose. A couple of things we want to get to in breaking news, though. And let's start off in the NFL, where the biggest news of the day is probably the fact that the Cleveland Browns signed troubled running back Kareem Hunt on Monday. The Kansas City Chiefs, of course, released Kareem Hunt in December after a video surfaced of him shoving and kicking a woman last February in Cleveland. Now, he wasn't arrested. He didn't face any charges for the February incident, but then he was also accused of punching a man in June. Of course, the NFL 
placed Kareem Hunt on that commissioner exempt list, and then the Chiefs released him. Now, Kareem Hunt is actually not eligible to play until the NFL completes its investigation into these incidents. And then they've got to make a decision on what his discipline is going to be. But don't forget this. Kareem Hunt led the NFL in rushing in 2017 as a rookie. He had 1,327 yards. He had eight touchdowns. He helped the Kansas City Chiefs qualify for the playoffs as just a rookie. He also had 53 receptions. He had over 400 yards receiving in three touchdowns. Now, this past season, he had rushed for 824 yards. He had seven touchdowns in just 11 games. He also had seven receiving touchdowns before he was released. Bottom line is this. Kareem Hunt has produced on the field. Now, it probably shouldn't come as a huge surprise to us that the Cleveland Browns go out and get Kareem Hunt. And the reason I say that is not because they don't have talent at running back. They do. Nick Chubb looks like he may end up being a future superstar in Cleveland. But let's not forget that Brown's general manager, John Dorsey, is the guy that drafted Kareem Hunt in Kansas City. I I think the biggest thing that surprises me about Kareem Hunt getting signed, he got signed to a new deal before Bryce Harper and Manny Machado got signed to a new deal. Uh, I'm pretty sure spring training starts like any second now. That is how fast the NFL scooped up Kareem Hunt. That is how fast NFL teams will grab you if you can play. Before his suspension is even announced, we don't know what his suspension is going to be. The NFL might hit Kareem Hunt with an 8-game suspension, a 10-game suspension. I doubt it, but they could. There's no question about that. But the NFL looks at Kareem Hunt and says, hey, that's a valuable commodity. That kid can play. If you can play, you're going to get signed to a contract as quickly as is physically possible. And here's the evidence right here. If you can play, you're getting picked up. Ooh, sorry, Colin Kaepernick. I probably shouldn't have brought that up with you out there. Oh, that's my bad. Hey, come on. You know you were all thinking it too. If you can play, you get picked up. If you don't, you don't. Also, we had some more bad news out in the Bay Area. Some bad news for the Oakland A's yesterday. Because Kyler Murray tweeted yesterday that he is fully committing his life and time to becoming an NFL quarterback, answering that question of whether he is going to choose to play football or whether he is going to choose baseball. Of course, the Oakland A's selected Murray ninth overall last June, and he agreed to a minor league contract that included a $4 million signing bonus. But yesterday, on his Twitter account, just four days before he is scheduled to report to spring training with the Oakland Athletics, the 2018 Heisman Trophy winner posted a statement where he wrote, Moving forward, I am firmly and fully committing my life and time to becoming an NFL quarterback. Football has been my love and my passion my entire life. I was raised to play quarterback, and I very much look forward to dedicating 100% of myself to being the best quarterback possible and winning NFL championships. I have started an extensive training program to further prepare myself for upcoming NFL workouts and interviews. I eagerly await the opportunity to continue to prove to NFL decision makers that I am the franchise quarterback 
in this draft. Now, Murray will have to return $1.3 million of his $1.5 million signing bonus that the A's gave him last year. He would also forfeit the remaining $3 million that is due to him on March 1st. The A's will have to put him on a restricted list and retain his rights, but they won't get a compensatory draft pick. They will basically lose him. And that is bad news for the Oakland A's. Okay, but here's the thing. Once again, the Daily Dose I-Team has some very interesting audio of the Oakland A's talking to Kyler Murray yesterday. Hey, do we have that? Can we play that? Yeah, yeah, cue that up. Here's what that sounded like. Kyler Murray reached out and spoke to the Oakland A's yesterday after his tweet announcing he is going to fully pursue a career as an NFL quarterback. Doesn't sound good. Let's take a listen and see how that sounded yesterday. Do you hear what you're saying? Can you hear it? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I mean, it's incomprehensible. I'm not going to let you do it. You can't. You can't. This is something that comes about once in a lifetime. Look, I'm sorry. Don't do it. Don't do it. For my sake. God knows I don't ask you for much. Please. Come on. Please. Now, I'm not sure if that's actually Kyler Murray and the Oakland A's. That sounded familiar, but I'm not sure that was exactly what we were led to believe it was. You know, the Daily Dose I-Team sometimes are a little bit of a sketchy bunch. They don't always have their facts and their figures correct, but... I mean, I would imagine that conversation sounded very, very similar to that. I'm just not sure we got the exact conversation. Hey, it is interesting though, because for all the talk about NFL head injuries and all the talk about, hey, you could have a much longer career in Major League Baseball, hey, money talks. Kyler Murray, if he can become an NFL quarterback, will make way more money in the NFL than he ever will in Major League Baseball. And at the end of the day, I mean, we can kid ourselves all we want to. That is what this is about, though. One last story coming out that I did want to touch on. Top five senior Anthony Edwards announced his commitment to Georgia on Monday morning. He actually becomes the Georgia Bulldogs' highest-ranked recruit in the ESPN recruiting era. Now, Edwards chose Georgia over Kentucky after he canceled a scheduled visit to Florida State this past weekend, but he never ended up taking visits to Florida State, Kansas, or North Carolina. Now, this might not seem like a big deal. Okay, Georgia got a five-star recruit. I mean, it's a little weird that they say this is their first in history because we know that Georgia has been stacked with recruits for years. Hey, Kirby Smart is doing a phenomenal job down at Georgia. He's recruiting like crazy. What are they talking about? This is their best recruit that they've pulled in years. Oh, it's probably because Anthony Edwards isn't a football recruit. He's a basketball recruit. What? Yes, Tom Crean is now the head coach down at Georgia. Remember Tom Crean? He was at Marquette with Dwayne Wade. He was at Indiana when they were actually winning games. You remember Tom Crean. He sounds like he gargled with sandpaper. Well, he is now at the University of Georgia. And don't look now, but he is starting to get a few kids down there. Hey, we know... Kentucky, year in, year out, is usually the big dog in the SEC. Traditionally, we have seen Florida just behind them, although they're struggling this year. Maybe you get a Tennessee, maybe a Vanderbilt. Now, we have Auburn, we have Mississippi State, Missouri is out there, Arkansas, Alabama. Now, Georgia has never really done much in the SEC in basketball. But if Tom Crean starts to change that, the SEC is slowly turning into at least I don't know, a respectable conference in basketball. 
It is no longer just football. And primarily the reason for that, because the SEC has gone out and paid some money to get good coaches. We are starting to see a little bit of a transition in the SEC as they are slowly improving and becoming a bona fide contender in the world of college hoops. And I know that's bad news for everybody else because now you're not just going to hear that SEC chant at football games. You might be hearing it during March Madness as well. Hey, coming back, the NFL season, of course, is over, but we're not quite done talking about it just yet. When we get back, we are going to be looking at the biggest winners and the biggest losers from the 2018 NFL season. So yes, the 2018 NFL season is now over. Of course, the New England Patriots beat the Los Angeles Rams in Super Bowl 53. But what are we going to remember from the 2018 NFL season? I thought today we might take a look back at this past season and look at a few winners and losers from the 2018 NFL season. And hey, we've got a number of each. So let's start off with a winner. You know, it's interesting. It is widely accepted that New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick is probably the greatest NFL coach of all time. And hey, I get it. Six Super Bowl rings, three AP Coach of the Year awards, nine-time AFC champions. He did it again this year after looking so flawed all season. And hey, let's not act like the Patriots were just fine all year. Don't forget, they did get blown up by the Jaguars. They got blown up by the Lions. They got blown up by the Titans. They had their issues. But no one is better at making week-to-week and on-the-fly adjustments like Bill Belichick. He shores up that offensive line. His defensive line slowly got better. And the Patriots got their running game going enough to take some pressure off of Tom Brady. And yet, imagine this. Imagine if this was a coach somewhere else. Like, say, Bill Belichick was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And that franchise had been popped for cheating a few times on his watch. Enough, I know everyone's going to say, he didn't do anything. Well, it was enough that fines and suspensions and draft picks were involved. All we would be talking about is the cheating scandals. That's all we would say. But hey, up in New England, he's got the media on his side, and Bill Belichick is just crushing. He is no doubt a winner this year. Now i got to give out a loser, and I'm going to give it to pretty much everyone who is not Bill Belichick or Tom Brady or the New England Patriots because the rest of the league is still playing catch-up to Belichick, and I don't know that he truly has an overabundance of talent, but he keeps finding ways to beat other teams that look like they do have more talent. I mean, at least on paper. And every year, it seems like the entire nation is rooting against the New England Patriots. We're all so sick of them. Can someone please just knock off the Patriots? And all they do is keep getting back to the Super Bowl. And again, they win it all this year. Everyone is chasing New England. I don't know when that reign is going to end, but please, please, please let it be soon because until it ends, everyone else is a huge loser. Now I have to give a winner and I've got to give it to Philadelphia Eagles backup quarterback, Nick Foles. Remember this during the season. Remember when the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles were six and seven? They were looking like they wouldn't even get back to the postseason. And then in comes backup quarterback Nick Foles. And the Eagles win three games in a row. They sneak into the playoffs. 
not done yet. They go on the road, beat the number three seed Chicago Bears, and even gave the top-seeded New Orleans Saints all they wanted in their playoff game. Now, I don't know that Nick Foles was all that impressive. Look at his stats. It wasn't that great. But for some reason, the Eagles kept winning with him at the controls. And as a result, Nick Foles is going to be in very high demand this offseason. It sounds like the Eagles are going to franchise him and probably trade him. But hey, dude made himself some serious money this season. He is definitely a winner. But I have to give a loser to Foles' teammate, third-year quarterback Carson Wentz. I mean, statistically, Wentz didn't have a bad season. He threw 21 touchdowns. He had just seven interceptions. But like I said, the Eagles were not winning nearly as much with Wentz as the starter. Oh, and by the way, he suffered a stress fracture in his back. That comes just one year after he blew his ACL. Then, after the season ended, we hear rumors floating around that maybe his teammates don't really like Carson Wentz. He might not be a great leader. And hey, you can't deny Nick Foles went in and won those games. Now the Eagles are asking themselves, is Carson Wentz really the guy? Can he lead us? And maybe just as important, can Carson Wentz stay healthy? There are a lot of questions out there about Carson Wentz right now. And for that reason, hey, he's a loser this year in 2018. I want to give a winner. And I'm going to give it to NFL quarterbacks in the 2018 NFL season. No, 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 not all of them, despite the fact that I know you can't lay a hand on them without getting a penalty. But I want to give a winner to a very select group of quarterbacks, the ones that actually have experience, the ones specifically that are 35 years or older. Okay, maybe not every one of them. I mean, Eli Manning might not be the best example, but aside from him, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger led the league in passing yardage He had a crazy 5,100 yards passing in the NFL at the age of 36. The Los Angeles Chargers had their most successful season in years. They actually won a playoff game for the first time since 2013 behind who? Yeah, 37-year-old Phillip Rivers who threw for 32 touchdowns. Of course, Patriots quarterback Tom Brady is now 41. And yes, he might have started to show a few signs that he might be showing his age a little. But all the guy did was go out and win his sixth Super Bowl. So for as much as he might be aging, maybe he wasn't quite as sharp this year. He still got it done when he had to. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, hey, he wasn't healthy all year. But at the age of 35 and playing on one leg, Aaron Rodgers did still throw for 25 touchdowns. Oh, and just two interceptions. That's still pretty impressive. And then we have 40-year-old New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees, who broke Peyton Manning's all-time passing yardage record this season. He also finally claimed his first career victory against the Baltimore Ravens, making him just the third quarterback in NFL history to beat all 32 teams. Then he became just the fourth quarterback in NFL history, along with Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, and Tom Brady, to reach 500 career touchdown passes. Hey, forget going out and drafting a young guy. Maybe NFL teams should be going out and signing some old guys because they sure look good this year. And as a result, older quarterbacks, yeah, they're definitely a winner for us here at the Daily Dose. But I have a loser. And I just want to throw this out there. You had better spend that money wisely if you go out and you sign someone. Because 2018 was not the year of the free agent quarterback. 
prior to the season, we had a few teams go out and grab veteran free agents to lead their teams. And it didn't go so well. A.J. McCarron had been backing up Andy Dalton in Cincinnati for years. Maybe he was secretly the better quarterback. He just couldn't get any playing time. So the Buffalo Bills give A.J. McCarron a two-year, $10 million contract to be their new starter. He got hurt in the preseason game. He was traded to Oakland prior to the season. He never even got into a game. The Arizona Cardinals gave Sam Bradford a two-year deal worth up to $20 million to be their starter just until rookie Josh Rosen learned the ropes a little bit. Bradford was horrible. He threw just two touchdowns. He had four interceptions and he got benched for the rest of the year just three games into the season. My Denver Broncos gave Case Keenum a two-year $36 million deal. Keenum responds by taking the Broncos to a 6-10 record while throwing 15 interceptions. But the worst honor by far goes to the Minnesota Vikings who gave free agent quarterback Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed three-year contract worth $84 million. The Vikings were in the NFC Championship game last year. Now, with their franchise quarterback, it was Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, it was bustier than Dolly Parton. The Vikings went 8-7-1. and They didn't even make the postseason. Hey, 2011 was definitely not a banner year for free agent quarterbacks. Hey, coming back, we are continuing to look back at some of the biggest winners and some of the biggest losers from the 2018 NFL season. Here's a question. Why are some of the all-time greats in NFL history a loser on our list? We're going to discuss that when we get back. So let's continue to talk about some of the winners and losers from the 2018 NFL season. And we need to hand out another winner. Do you realize we had an NFL team in 2018 that nearly won double the number of games that they have won in the past three seasons combined? I mean, that's insane. But that's exactly what the Cleveland Browns did in 2018. Because in 2015, 16, and 17, Cleveland won eight games combined. This season, they won seven, including five of their last seven after they had fired their head coach, Hugh Jackson. Now, I mean, to be fair, Cleveland should start winning at some point. They've been picking in the top five of the NFL draft for like the past 20 years. In fact, Cleveland has 10 first round picks in just the past five years. But it looks like finally, maybe Cleveland has found their franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Hey, forget it, Chip. Kid has a boulder on his shoulder. He is an absolute competitor and he can't play. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there with attitudes. Baker can play too. Hey, I truly hope the Browns have turned a corner, but at least they gave their fans something to feel positive about this year. Now, we'll see how accepting they are of Kareem Hunt, but the Browns have to be feeling like a winner after 2018. Now, on the other side of that, we have the defending AFC South champions who went to the AFC Championship last year. They were just nine minutes away from going to Super Bowl 52. So coming back in 2018, there were a number of people picking the Jacksonville Jaguars to be a contender in the AFC, including themselves. Remember prior to the season, defensive tackle Malik Jackson said he believed the Jags would go undefeated and win Super Bowl 53. Huh, missed it by just a hair. The Jags went 5-11 and 
At one point, they lost seven games in a row. And starting quarterback Blake Bortles was benched in favor of Cody Kessler. Now, there are rumors that running back Leonard Fournette wants out, that management wants cornerback Jalen Ramsey out, and that the Jaguars could be looking at someone like Eli Manning or Joe Flacco to pull them out of this tailspin. Think about that for just a second. Joe Flacco or Eli Manning to make you better. That's pretty amazing. The Jags are looking like a team in disarray. I've got another winner. You know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago here on The Dose. The rumors of the NFL's demise last year, yeah, they might have been a tad premature. Ratings in 2018 were up across the board. Sunday Night Football on NBC was up 6%. Sunday Afternoon Games on Fox and CBS were up 2 and 6%. And those numbers just went up in the playoffs. The NFL has its share of problems, no question. But the increase in scoring, the quality teams, the quality players, they brought fans back in 2018. And for that reason, yeah, the NFL is definitely a winner. But I have to give a loser, and I couldn't have a loser segment here without mentioning those NFL referees, could I? But it might not be for the reason that you would think. Don't get me wrong. Hey, the referees missed a number of calls, and at times, especially in the postseason, they took way too much attention off of the plays on the field and put it on themselves. The Los Angeles Rams-New Orleans Saints fiasco was absolutely atrocious. We could argue about a few calls in that AFC Championship too, and there were even a couple of odd calls in Super Bowl 53. But those blown calls aren't why I put the guys in stripes as a loser on my list today. I put them here because the league is just asking too much from them. They can't win. You're asking them to not only judge these bang-bang plays in a split second, but you keep adding more to their plate. Judge uh, intent. Make game-altering calls without the use of the high-definition technology that all of us are watching. The NFL referees are losers today because there's no way they can possibly win. The deck is stacked against them. Do they miss calls? Yes. And some of the reason is because they tie their hands and they make them call things that they have no business calling. They shouldn't be putting that much on their shoulders. For that reason, they have to be a loser. I'm going to give out our final winner of the 2018 NFL season, and I'm going to give it to the record breakers from this season. Here are some records that fell in 2018. Adrian Peterson became the ninth player to rush for 100 touchdowns in his career. Frank Gore passed Curtis Martin to move up to fourth on the all-time rushing yards list. Adam Vinatieri kicked his 566th career field goal breaking the record for most field goals in a career that was previously held by Morton Anderson. Tom Brady became the first quarterback in NFL history to reach 200 regular season wins and just the fourth quarterback to throw for 70,000 career passing yards. Oh, and yeah, by the way, he picked up his sixth Super Bowl too. And Drew Brees, like we talked about earlier, became the third quarterback in NFL history to beat every team in the league. And he became the fourth quarterback to throw 500 career touchdown passes joining Favre, Manning, and Brady. Records were falling left and right in 2018. Offenses were insane. We saw crazy numbers. We saw high scoring, and we saw exciting record-breaking performances in 2018. But if I were going to give a final loser for this 2018 NFL season, 
it has to go to a number of those players from previous eras whose records got broken this year. We look at guys like maybe a Brett Favre or a Terry Bradshaw, a John Elway or a Joe Montana, a number of different offensive players from past generations. And already we're starting to relegate them to like the Stone Age. Oh man, in his best season, Joe Montana never even broke 4,000 yards passing. He's a relic. Ben Roethlisberger threw for over 5,000 yards this year. And I don't know that he had a great year. You know how we kind of tend to look at guys from the generation before, you know, the last one, you know, guys like Otto Graham or guys like Bobby Lane, Norm Van Brocklin. And we say, hey, those dinosaurs were cute in their day, but they couldn't compete in the modern era. They couldn't compete with the Dan Marinos and the John Elways and the Joe Montanas and the Jim Kellys. They were that old Stone Age era. Don't look now. But we are already starting to see that same thinking now about the Marinos and the Elways and the Cunninghams and the Montanas and the Bradshaws. Oh, we just have such short memories in sports. And as a result, that previous era, yeah, they are definitely a loser because of the way the field is tilted in the NFL today. For the offense, we are already starting to see that previous generation go away. Oh, those guys couldn't have played today. It was just a different game. Yeah, I've got news for you. I saw those guys play. There's no question they would excel in this generation too. Hey, tomorrow on The Daily Dose, we are going to continue to talk a little NFL. Plus, we will, of course, have the latest breaking sports news, and we just might have some Daily Dose Hump Day Power Rankings for you. You never know what we might be ranking this week. I have to say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose on your Tuesday. For all of you that share the show, that tell your friends, that email us, that text us, that message us, thank you so much. It is very appreciated. Hey, make sure you stop by tpublic.com pick up some of the latest Daily Dose gear. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday.